Welcome to our special Good Friday celebration. This is the night when we observe, we remember, and we celebrate the crucifixion of Christ. Celebration is a weird word to use in this case, but what we are celebrating is everything that it means for us. I'm here in our worship sanctuary, and right here, we celebrated 44 days earlier uh, Ash Wednesday service. And if you were here, you remember there was fire, there was art, there was ashes drawn on our foreheads. And what that time was, was a time for us to dedicate ourselves to Jesus, dedicate ourselves to God for the season of Lent for those next 40 days. Now, I know none of us could have ever pictured or predicted what happened in these last 40 days. Uh, the world has changed so much in such a short time. It is unprecedented and it is overwhelming. But I want you to hear this, that God is exactly the same today as he was those 44 days ago. He still loves you. He still longs to be with you. He still knows you. He still is eager to meet with you tonight he is the sort of God who would give up everything he has, even his life, so that he could have you in his life. And we celebrate that love tonight and everything that it means for us. This is what Good Friday has always been about, is celebrating a God who would give up everything for us. So that's what we want to give our attention to this next uh, little bit here is just the sacrifice of Jesus. I want to ask you to do two things in your home or wherever it is you're watching just to get ready. To the degree that you're able, I want to ask you to set the mood a little bit. And that may mean turning down the lights, making sure there's no distractions. It may mean lighting a candle, getting comfortable wherever you are. This is a time to interact with your heavenly father. And so I want you to just set the mood wherever you are so that there, it's conducive to that interaction. I also want to ask you to do this. We're going to observe communion at the end of this service. Uh, so it, it, find something. Uh, it could be anything, but typically it's bread and wine or grape juice that we use. If you find anything close to that, it will work. God is a gracious God. Uh, and hang on to that so that when we get to that point in the service that you will be ready. We're going to walk through the story of Jesus' death. And we're going to have many moments where we pause and just reflect on what it means for us. At the end, we're going to declare something together as a group, and I'm going to ask you to actually say it in your home. And then we're going to end this service in silence. That silence is for you. I don't know how much time you've had to reflect in these last few weeks, but I want you to lean into that time and spend as much time as you need to with your Heavenly Father. So let's celebrate this together. Set the mood, get communion, and let me pray over us as we go to God. Lord, we are people who have dedicated ourselves to you. We have given our lives to you. We have entrusted you with our soul. And Lord, we confess that we need uh, a reawakening of our faith in you. We need to trust your love anew today, tonight. We need to see you for who you are. We need to understand this glorious sacrifice that you made and everything it means for us. So Lord, watch over each of us, guard our hearts, and lead us to understand 
who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.
On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house that he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left and went into the city and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Well, they were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to his disciples, Take this, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Let's confess this together. Lord, we admit there are many times we have broken faith and broken trust. We acknowledge that by our sins, we have not only betrayed you, O Lord, but we often betray each other. For this, we repent and ask forgiveness. him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. 
Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Let's confess this together. Forgive us, Lord, when we fail to see you, when you pass us by and we give no second glance. Grant us new vision. Open our eyes to see you in the smallest of things. Open our hearts to your compassionate ways. Give us ears to hear your loudest whispers and guide us to not miss the lessons of life-giving moments. went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Let's confess this together. O oh Lord, we have run from your presence and from our conscience, but tonight we pray we would run no more. We have hidden ourselves in the shadows, seeking to avoid your face. We have drawn away from the sound of your voice, fearful of what you might speak, fearful of what obedience might require. We have sinned, O oh God, and are pained at these thoughts. Here are words of repentance.
chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so that they could put him to death, but they did not find any. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. Then some stood up and gave this false testimony against him. We heard him say, I will destroy this temple made with human hands, and in three days we'll build another, not made with hands. Yet even then, their testimony did not agree. Very early in the morning, the chief priests with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of. But Jesus still made no reply. And Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him! Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. Let's confess this together. Lord, as we listen to the crowd long ago shouting crucify him, we recognize when we fail you, when we sin against you, when we disobey you, we shout those same words. Forgive us for not understanding who you are in this present day and time. Help us fully embrace and deeply believe, Lord, that you are the only way. You are the solid truth. You are our life.
Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Let's confess this together. You, O oh Lord, love us with a love like no other. Despite our wandering hearts, you continually restore, remake, rekindle, rebuild, and remain faithful, steadfast, and true. Never fails me 
Soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. They led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him, the written notice of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults upon him. Let's confess this together. Help us, Lord, in our unbelief. Rekindle our hope. Be our healing. Let our minds and hearts remember the faithful works you have done in our lives. And let our spirits rest on those truths. The act of communion is one of those precious things that we have straight from Jesus. It's been passed down from generation to generation to us to observe and to celebrate. One of Jesus Christ followers said this, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. His body was broken for you. His blood was poured out for the forgiveness of your sins. And what we proclaim with this meal is not just that he died, but the reason that he died for us. So we're going to worship with a song as we're singing this song, Take and Eat. 
take and drink. Proclaim the death of our Lord.
At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now, leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Now let's proclaim these words together. Surely he was the Son of God. 